0: Nothing really from Trump surprised me. I was fairly—I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised um, at the lack of journalistic pushback. So I'm going to do the pushing back since George Stephanopoulos couldn't be bothered. I tweeted out, in some areas, I was pleasantly surprised that George Stephanopoulos, ABC's uh, wildly overpaid anchor— You know, it was decent pushback, but for the most part, Trump got away with hot air nonsense, substanceless hot air balloons and lies, of course. So I'm going to put on a little journalistic display, if you'd allow me. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever get in front of Donald Trump to ask him any questions, uh, but if I did, I think you'd see a very, very different outcome, I could humbly say. So the first one, the first clip I want to play just teeters on the total bizarre.
1: The wearing of masks has proven to lessen the spread of COVID. Um, Why don't you support a mandate for national mask wearing? And why don't you wear a mask more often?
2: Well, I do wear them when I have to and when I'm in hospitals and other locations. But I I will say this. uh, They said at the Democrat convention, they're going to do a national mandate. They never did it because they've checked out and they didn't do it. And a, que- a good question is, you ask, like Joe Biden, they said, we're going to do a ma- national mandate on masks. He called on all right?
1: governors to have them. It is a state well, well, no, but he, he
2: didn't do it. I mean, he never did it. Now, uh, there is, by the way, a lot of people don't want to wear masks. There are a lot of people think the masks are not good. And there are a lot of people that, as an example, well, you have... Who are those people? I'll tell you who those people are. Waiters, they come over and they serve you, and they have a mask. And I saw it the other day, where they were serving me. And they're playing with a mask. I'm not blaming them, I'm just saying what happens. They're playing with a mask, so the mask is over, and they're touching it, and, and then they're touching the plate. That can't be good. There are a lot of people, if you look at Dr. Fauci's original statement, you look at a lot of people, CDC, you look at a lot of people's original statement, they said very strongly, George, don't wear masks. Then all of a sudden they went to wear masks. The concept of a mask is good, but it also does. You're constantly touching it. You're touching your face. You're touching plates. There are people that don't think masks
0: are good. So, (laughs) oh, where do you even begin? Where do you even begin? First of all, first of all, to state the obvious, he says at the Democratic National Convention they said they're going to do a national mask mandate, but they never did it? Who's going to do the mandate? Joe Biden's not president. I mean, this is kind of obvious. I'm, I'm not, like, defending Joe Biden, but, like, he just says that's a bizarro world, up-is-down things. What does that even mean? What, where is George Stephanopoulos to say... What are you talking about? Joe Biden can't make any decisions right now. He's not the president. You are the president. And by the way, George Stephanopoulos, incorrect. It's not a state level thing. Trust me. Does Donald Trump look like somebody that follows the Constitution or law rigidly? If the president wanted to issue a national mask mandate, he could do it. And there are specific laws citing pandemics, citing uh, health disasters that presidents and the federal government supersede state law. So when Stephanopoulos says, oh, no, Biden's recommending the states do it. First of all, that's not what Biden said. Biden was asked if your if your health experts said uh, we need to do a national mask mandate, would you do it or would you shut down the country? And he said, yes, that's accurate. But. Number one, Stephanopoulos just gets him, lets him get away with saying this nonsense and creating this, uh, it, it's it's not even reality. That's where a journalist says, uh, what are you talking about, Mr. President? Joe Biden has no power to issue a mask mandate right now. You do, but you're deflecting onto Joe Biden didn't follow through with his promise to issue a mask mandate. Uh, Are you breaking news tonight that Joe Biden is the shadow president and he has power right now? What are you even talking about? So that was number one. And of course, George Stephanopoulos, these corporate journalists are only going to go up so far
2: but we're very proud of the job we've done and uh, we've saved a lot of lives, a tremendous number of lives.
1: Mr. President, you mentioned a number of things. let's talk about the mortality first because you said we're doing better in mortality than other countries. But here's this chart right here. It shows the United States is right here. This is number of deaths per million residents. Here's Western Europe here, Canada, way down there. We're not at the top of the list. The excess mortality
2: rate is uh, among the best in the whole world, George. I mean, I can show you there's a chart that just came out a little while ago. Excess mortality rate is compared to uh, Europe, compared to other places. It's uh, about 25 percent better. In one case, it's over 60 percent better. And we also have a very big country you know, this is, we're talking about a lot bigger than most countries. Uh, when you look at testing, just as an example, when India does 40 million less tests than us, they have 1.5 billion people. Uh, China, you don't get the accurate numbers out of China, but China, they lost a lot of people. They just don't say what you they you
1: know, lost. we have 4% of the world's population, more than 20% of the cases, more than 20% of the deaths. Well, we have 20% of the cases because of the
2: fact that we do much more testing. If we wouldn't do testing, you wouldn't have cases. You would have very few cases. As you know, most, Dr. Fauci says Well, this most of these are actual cases. Well, Dr. Fauci said we've done a fantastic job. He just said it yesterday, actually. He said we've done a fantastic job, that we uh, didn't mislead anybody. Now, I'm not gonna make people feel like, I wanna look,
1: we're
2: the leader of a great country. We wanna keep it that way. I don't wanna scare people. I don't wanna make people panic. And you're not gonna go out and say, oh, this is going to be, this is death, death, death. You have to run a country. We're in a country. We got hit by something very unfairly.
0: Am I in the twilight zone? Am I in the twilight zone here? First of all, here's an obvious point and you know maybe George Stephanopoulos, if he gets a, another try at the, at the bat. You say you're not, you don't wanna panic people. Before the midterm elections in 2018, you were screaming, ranting and raving that the caravans are coming to get you. The immigrant caravans are coming. Lock your children, lock your daughter. Halt the doors. The caravans are coming. You've been screaming and ranting for weeks about Antifa. Panic. You've been screaming and ranting about Joe Biden is going to, you know, you're going to have to lock your door if Joe Biden gets president, becomes president. And you don't like to panic, people? Like, these are basic, obvious things that no journalist points out. This man is a walking, walking panic meter. He is a walking, bull**** artist. Yet, George Stephanopoulos doesn't push back on him. The other thing is, I mean, he's mastered this talking point and and nobody really pushes back. Mr. President, what are you talking about? We have more cases because we test more? What does that mean? So we test more, which isn't even that true, but putting that aside. okay, but we're not testing everybody. So the fact is there are the... Whether whether these cases are because we're testing more or not, we have more cases. So there are also plenty of other cases that are not popping up because majority of people are not tested. So what does this talking point even mean? And the bottom line is, whether it's through testing or not testing, why do we have all these cases? Does it have anything to do with the fact that in March and April, you did not do a national lockdown, which Italy did, which France did, Israel did, other European and Middle Middle Eastern countries did? They didn't have different states doing different things, and this state did this, and this state did this. They all, the, the nation locked down. Is that why we have so many cases? Because you allowed this makeshift system where different states were going to do different things, and now you talk about Democratic-run cities versus Republicans? It's all bonkers. Why are there so many cases showing up? If it's because of testing, so be it. Why are so many people testing positive? Because without a vaccine, during a, your words, deadly airborne illness, that was on the Bob Woodward's tapes, you called it a deadly airborne illness, you did nothing you didn't shut down the country yeah you allowed for different states to do different things it was in your purview it was in it's within your legal right during a pandemic a national health emergency to say for x amount of time can't leave your house only people that could leave the house are essential workers food delivery nurses that kind of thing period if you do so you're getting arrested Civil libertarians, come at me. I don't really care.
1: The next question comes from Laura Galva. She's from Glenshaw, Pennsylvania, registered nurse, who's always voted Republican for president. Laura, go ahead.
3: Hello, Mr. President. Martin
2: Luther King Jr. once famously wrote, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. In the light of the ongoing protests surrounding the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and the recent shooting of Jacob Jacob Blake, Do you feel racial injustices are occurring in this nation and if so what can be done to address them well i think they were tragic events and i do feel that uh we have to also take into consideration that if you look at our police they do a phenomenal job you'll have people choke make mistakes and they happen it happens where they have to make a fast decision and some bad things happen and you also have bad apples but you have 99 percent great people I know the police forces very well I think almost every one of them if you look I've been endorsed by so many of them and these are great people and I will say this uh, if you're gonna stop crime we have to give the the respect back to the police that they deserve. They've done a fantastic job in so many locations, but then bad things happen. Look at New York. New York was a very safe city. Rudy Giuliani did a fantastic job. The city was safe, and then all of a sudden, we have a mayor who starts cutting the police force, and crime is up 100%, 150%. I saw one form of crime up 300%. So I think it's very important uh, whether you talk Seattle where they have very good police but they're not allowed to do their job. You have to allow the police to do their job. I agree with you those events are terrible but we have to allow the police to do their job otherwise crime is going to soar. Now the problem is that in Democrat usually liberal Democrat run cities we have tremendous problems. The top ten most unsafe cities are run by Democrats. You go into the top 25 and top 35, almost every one of them is run by Democrats. No cash bail, uh, just weak policies on crime. We have to give the police the respect that they deserve, and we have to give them their mojo. We, le- we have to let them protect us.
0: So, first of all, uh, if you don't know, this happened, I think have, I wasn't live yesterday because uh, Jason was live. But there's a $12 million settlement in the Brianna Taylor murder. So Brianna Taylor's family will be getting $12 million. There was some police reform measures part of that. I looked at them. Most of them seem like artificial BS to me, but, you know, I'm not going to say $12 million is enough. Brianna Taylor is dead. Her family's never going to, uh, it's never going to be enough. Uh, but I am happy that they're getting that money. Uh, unfortunately, I, I worry that this, settlement with the 12 million is a appetizer to uh, an announcement that no charges will be brought against the police that murdered her uh, but that remains to be seen so if that were me a journalist I would turn around and say to President Trump president Trump before you became president what did you do for 30 years say I was a builder I was a real estate developer a television personality said so, okay President Trump, let me ask you a question. If over the last decade, every year, multiple times a year, there were incidences of heavily armed black men murdering real estate executives, actors, um, and businessmen all over the country, typically wealthy, real estate executives, actors, And businessmen. Would you say these are a few bad apples, the black shooters? Or would you say we have a systemic problem of violence among these black people uh, shooting and killing real estate executives, uh, actors, or what have you? Because when you say bad apples, a couple bad apples, uh, whether there's a couple bad apples or not, uh, the bad apples are permanently removing black people from this earth so would you be saying the same thing if you said i was a real estate executive i was a builder i was a tv personality you know uh the apprentice if the roles were reversed and armed black people were choking in your words and shooting up all these people would you be saying the same thing because I don't think Breonna Taylor's family thinks it's a few bad apples. I don't think Trayvon Martin's family thinks it's a few bad apples. I don't think Jacob Blake's parents think it's a few bad apples. And by what you're saying and your tone, you know, it seems like here we have two things because two things could be true, right, Mr. President? You could have good police. You could say, you know, the government community should support their police. At the same time we have a problem with systemic racism and irrational behavior and frankly corruption which i've shown you through recent interviews in police departments why are you so afraid to say that does it have anything to do with the donations you get from very very influential police unions all over the country that have anything to do with it i mean these are easy, basic questions. I'm sure, Trump would filibuster, blah blah blah, but nothing. There's no pushback. Then you have this one, which, to me, was beyond cringeworthy.
1: Another question on this subject from Pastor Carl Day. He's from Philadelphia. Voted for Jill Stein last time.
3: How you doing, Mr. President? Good. Uh, you've coined the phrase "Make America Great Again." Right. When has America been great for African Americans in the ghetto of America? Are you aware how tone deaf that comes off to African American community?
2: Well, I can say this. We have tremendous African American support. You've probably seen it in the polls. We're doing extremely well with uh, African American, Hispanic American at levels that you've rarely seen a Republican have. Uh, if you talk about make America great, uh, if you look at just prior to, and I'm talking about for the black community, you look just prior to this horrible situation coming in from China when the virus came in, that was the, probably the highest point home ownership for the black community. Home ownership, uh, lower crime, the best jobs they've ever had, highest income, the best employment numbers they've ever had. If you go back and you want to look over many years, You could just go back six or seven months from now. That was the best single moment in the history of the African-American people in this country,
3: I think, you know, I would say. Well, I mean, your statement is though, make it great again.
0: So what you have there, what you have there is Trump disrespecting the voter. That's not what he asked. He didn't ask you to give a a a dissertation on surface level numbers that the black unemployment was at an all time low. On the surface level, yeah, but the, race, the uh, racial economic gap is still wide as ever. Black people are still making far, far less than white people. But what he asked, which George Stephanopoulos didn't, didn't get in there was, no, he's not asking, what do you think you've done for the black community? He's asking, when you create a narrative, "Make America Great Again," when was America great for Black people? Name a time. Name an error. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious there is no time that America has been get great for many for Black people. And Trump is intentionally blind to that because, I mean, Trump actually rose to. Wealth and power by exploiting black people, by uh, predatory real estate practices. His father, Fred Trump, famous for price gouging uh, uh, real estate and rental costs to black people. Trump, Apple didn't fall far from the tree, but he can't answer him and he shifts to his BS economic talking points when, all right, you want to say under Trump, black unemployment went lower. Uh, than it's ever been, fine. I go around the country. I could tell you the majority of of black working people, times are not booming for black economic people. And it's disrespectful to me. If I'm, you know, I'm obviously not black, but to me, it is disrespectful that the president of the United States equates um, a great period or what greatness means for a race with the economy. That's not the whole picture. It's about human rights. It's about social justice. It's about equal treatment on all things, whether it be housing, whether it be banking, whether it be you know redlining, uh, community uh, inclusion. It's not just about the jobs numbers. Did George Stephanopoulos push back? Let's
3: see. I think, you know, I would say. Well, I mean, your statement is, though, make it great again. So historically, uh, the African-American experience, especially in these, out, these ghettos that have been out uh, of red line, uh, historically, these ghettos that have systemically been set yes, up and treated yes. the way that they have been, the conditions of the drugs, the guns, and everything else that actually created the symptoms yeah. for what we see uh, that you uh, profess to be just the democratic cities in themselves. Uh, these things have historically been happening for African-Americans in these ghettos, and we have not been seeing uh, a change uh, quite frankly, under your administration, under the Obama's administration, under the Bush, under the Clinton, the very same things happen and the very same systems and cycles continue to, to continue to ensue. And we need to see, because uh, you say again, we need to see when, was that great, because that pushes us back to a time in which we cannot identify with such greatness. And I mean, you've said everything else about choking and everything else, but you have yet to address and acknowledge that there's been a race problem in America.
2: So if you go, well, I hope there's not a race problem. I can tell you there's none with me, because I have great respect for all races for everybody this country is great because of it but when you go back six months and you take a look at what was happening you can't even compare that with past administrations when you look at income levels and a lot of things because of the job situation where they had the lowest income the best the best unemployment numbers they've ever had the black community by far and that was solving a lot of problems
0: so when and by the way isn't it telling that that guy does more, jour- more journalistic pushback on the president of the United States than pretty much any journalist that routinely interviews the president? What does that say about our media? That's why we need a status coup in this country, which isn't even a country anymore. It's the United Corporations of America, as I said. But when Trump says, there's no problem with me, hey, George, this is where you kind of step in and you mention well president trump with all due respect you say there's no racial problem with you you said very very terrible things about the black lives matter movement i don't, I don't have it in front of me he's called them uh, i'm paraphrasing i don't have it in front of me he's called them a hate group he's called them marxists so when you say there's no problem with me how do you square that away with you demonizing the black lives matter movement where is george stafanopoulos And by the way, it wouldn't have been much better with Jake Tupperware, Wolf Blitzer Krieg, or any of these people. But it's like, this is just easy pushback. This doesn't require a seasoned veteran journalist. So he says, there's no problem with me, but there is a problem with him. Aside from the, you know, hey, look at my African American in the crowd aside from his history of exploiting black people in real estate, in his real estate career. You're calling one of the biggest and momentous uh, movements in this country in the last decade, essentially a bunch of domestic terrorists. And there's no problem with you.
2: And you know what else it was? It was bringing people together. I was starting to get, just before this was, you know, we were having a long run of success. I was starting to get calls from Democrats that, hey, it's starting to work. Let's get together. People that you would never have thought this would have happened with. There was going to be unity, but unfortunately, that was hurt because we got set back. Yeah, but now, finish. I think next year is going to be one of our best years economically. But, in, but income a lot equality of is still,
3: but in, income equality is higher. So, I mean, jobs can be produced, but at the same time, in a lot of these big major cities where African Americans are underserved, under-resourced, that's an $8 eight-dollar-hour job. Does not mean that they can necessarily afford to live where they have to live or where they've been living at for the last 20 years.
2: Well, the income inequality, which I agree with you, is a problem. I always agreed with that. But if you look under President Obama and Biden, the income inequality was phenomenal. It was, it was record-setting. It was it was. It's terrible.
1: getting worse now.
2: Well, we're talking about a plague coming, and before the plague, uh, we were doing very well. Now, we will soon be doing well again, because we're going to have a fantastic third quarter. You're seeing the numbers come in. I think you're going to have a GDP that's mid-20s and maybe much higher. Somebody said 35. I don't know. That would. These are all records we're talking about.
0: So, you know, tiny detail, but when you pivot, when your pivot is constantly Oh, well, the stock market's booming and record in the stock market in the third quarter. George Stephanopoulos might want to mention that tiny detail. Not only, I mean, most black people in America do not own stocks. Most people in America do not own stocks. So when your prism for if the working man or woman is doing well is the stock market, You're living in an alternate reality, Mr. President, and you're kind of not talking to the forgotten people, the forgotten man or woman, that you had spoken about representing on election night in 2016. Remember he went out, his victory speech, everybody was shocked, he was shocked. Reportedly, Melania was crying, she didn't want him to ever become president. And he said, the forgotten man uh, and woman of America will be forgotten no more. I don't think that forgotten man or woman is uh, basically, you know, their sunrise or sunset goes based on the stock market. But George Stephanopoulos, nope. The insensitivity, the lack of empathy, the lack of understanding for black people in this country is no, sup- no surprise with this president. I, I mean, clearly Joe Biden is, is no darling or civil rights champion either. We've covered him extensively and his disastrous record. But the problem with Trump is every single thing uh, is boiled down to the stock market, jobs numbers, which, as I tell you all the time, are all BS surface level. It doesn't matter what the unemployment rate says. What matters is A, the real unemployment number, B, how many people are full-time versus freelance, part-time, gig workers, and the income inequality as I show you all the time. This is Trump's economy. This is Obama's economy. This was George W's economy. This was Bubba Clinton's economy. Papa Bush, Reagan. That is the booming economy they all talked about in their times. That's the real economy. The robbery of our wealth to the Donald Trump and Joe Bidens of the world. That's the reality, folks. None of these journalists ever actually push back because they understand Trump is their gravy train. Trump has raked in the profits for ABC, for NBC. You remember former CBS chairman, Les Moonves? He said, you know, Trump's terrible for America, but he's great for CBS. I mean, it just came out recently Uh, CNN president Jeff Zucker Was caught on tape Talking to Michael Cohen Basically giving them campaign advice In 2016 And saying oh yeah if it doesn't work out I'd love to give Donald Trump uh, a weekly show Here on CNN This is the president of CNN During the 2016 election When Trump was running When he he was taking a time out From giving Trump $3 billion In free airtime to then saying no, oh yeah if it doesn't work out let's talk let's talk uh, shop here how much you want for a weekly show these this this isn't news it's propaganda